Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I take it the odds are against us and the situation is grim. You could say that. Sounds like fun. Care about weapons or power. He just cares about getting back to the Nexus. The star is going to collapse in a matter of minutes. That'll destroy everything in this system. Population. 230 million, sir. Why would he destroy a star? I have to stop him. But I can't do this alone. I need help. I know someone who can. You say history considers me dead. Who am I to argue with history? You're a Starfleet officer. You have a duty. I don't need to be lectured by you. I was out saving the galaxy when your grandfather was in diapers. Hello, welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we revisit the movies and TV shows of our past to see how they hold up today. Joining me as always is... Robert Larond And... Blaine Waters. And I'm J.M. McNabb, and we're joined by a special guest today. It's Tom Ryman from the Cracked Movie Club podcast. Oh, oh Hi, Tom. hello. That's you. That is me. That's my name. <laughs> so shocked. <laughs> and we have you here to talk about a very special movie. A Christmas uh-huh. movie. It, it is. Yeah, it briefly. Is, it is inseparable in my yeah, mind for like a second. being a Christmas movie. Uh, That's how we're framing it, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, we're tying it into Christmas and kind of Star Wars because there's a new Star Wars movie out right. this week. The two biggest holidays. But we kind of talked a lot about Star Wars. Let's give uh, let's give the Star Trek people a yeah, chance. And, and in fairness, <laughs> Star Wars can go fuck itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. Right at the gate, making divisions. (laughs) Shatner's going to come at you on Twitter. (laughs) But before we get to the movie, I just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsors, HelloFresh. You can use the promo code REWATCH50 for 50% off your first order. And thank you so much to all of our Patreon donors, the people who give us a few bucks a month to help keep the show going. Uh, You can find more about that at patreon.com slash rewatchability and uh, yeah thanks guys yeah that's awesome <laughs> you keep our warp core running <laughs> just humming along yeah, keep them dilithium uh, crystals yeah not stocked <laughs> which, which apparently kind of suck because in this movie they well, just trilithium in this movie explode. well yeah, well, yeah. The, the engines oh, explode yeah, and then yeah. like they find that trilithium bomb or whatever yeah yeah, yeah that's like, what malcolm mcdowell's yeah. hatching it's one better than yeah dilithium. you can tell yeah <laughs> you can <laughs> 
because well, we got it's better than regular lithium. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. It started out as an antidepressant they realized could power spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Star Trek Generations. So big movie. Let's talk about when we first saw it. Rob, when did you first see Star Trek Generations? Well, I saw it in the theater. I was very excited because I was a huge Star Trek The Next Generation fan. And I was also a pretty big Star Trek The Original Series fan. And so the bringing together of those two things was like, uh, you know, it was a big moment. And it was sort of before, like, that seemed to be possible in, like, pop culture. Like, you know, you couldn't cross over, like, two actors from two different shows, even if they had the same things in the title. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had to call it Generations because it was so, it was unique. Yeah, that's right. And so I did see it like in the theater. I remember like, I think my whole family went because uh, it was like a huge event for us. We all loved watching the Star Trek together. <laughs> that's awesome. That's nice. And I remember like really enjoying this movie. I uh, Were you like, I'm glad you didn't burn in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's just pretty- our entire family at the beginning. Yeah, the that beginning. is the lesson I learned. That's how this movie starts. He's playing fantastic dress-up, and then his family burns to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he finds out in a stupid hat. Yeah. Like, while he's wearing a wearing stupid the hat. Dumbest well, now I feel dumb. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I suddenly feel very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, his like family's in like France or something like that, so yeah. it's all very like, costumey anyway. They invented <laughs> stupid hats in France. Right. And they're, 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 like, yeah, they're barely like, real people in France, so... <laughs> well, they're barely real characters in the show, anyway. What? Yeah, I mean, there's photos. They're of my them. family. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean Picard's family? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We never see that. No, no, we do. There's the, there's an episode. The episode called in. Family. <laughs> <laughs> they're really subtle on this show. Yeah. It's a great episode. What What about you, Blaine? I was a little bit of a Trekkie when I was a kid, but my mom was a foster parent, and so I, I have a brother that's a huge Trekkie. Like it's Star Trek is everything to him. He like I remember when he first moved in, he would like open a door and be like, Psst. <laughs> like it was like a, a safe, an amazing world. Remember and when doors didn't do that? I know. <laughs> you had to do it yourself. Yeah. Oh God, so much heavy lifting. But yeah, so we all went to the theater to see this. My mom and my brother and I. And yeah, I remember it being a pretty big thing because it was like the first thing that I could share with like my new <laughs> brother. So it was, oh, uh, wow. it was, uh, it was a very warm and fuzzy, uh, fuzzy movie. I hated it at the time. Uh, uh what? Yeah, I didn't um, like it. Go, go ahead and um, hang up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, get out. <laughs> you failed your brother. <laughs> yeah, my brother's just crying somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Why? I have no brother. <laughs> yeah, I wish you burned in a fire, Blaine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was like, all right, Ryan. You and your um, so, uh, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but rewatching it uh, has has brought about a different feeling about it. Oh, so uh, okay. yeah. maybe your brother was the problem because you watched it alone this time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what exactly. A, what about you, Tom? When did you first? So see I saw it? this movie in the theaters in Lyle, Illinois, with my dad and my brother while we were <laughs> visiting my oma and opa, my grandparents. And yeah, it was like a big deal. You know, it's it's it came out in December, I think. Um, so we saw it like over Christmas. So it's inseparable in my mind as a Christmas movie. And they have that nice. one weird Christmas scene where uh, Picard yeah. goes back to like the 17th century. Uh, <laughs> and has Christmas. Um, no, but I, I, I liked it at the time. And, and yeah, um, I don't I'm sorry. I forget, I forget who mentioned it, but it was it was kind of a big deal because it was combining the two series, which seemed wild because I mean, not because of like Hollywood reasons, but because the fact that, you know, generations and the original series are 100 years apart. 
Yeah, but you can just time travel that. <laughs> just travel backwards around the sun and get some whales. Right, as they right. do. But when, yeah, as but they when do you're 11, movie. you're like, well, they can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they did it with Scotty, but they had to have him, like, his particles were stuck in a transporter for yeah, and, that, and that's oh, something. Yeah. Well, come on. I haven't seen that much of uh, Next Generation. I'm a I'm an original series person. Oh. Yeah, uh, we watched a oh, bunch okay. of that when I was a kid. And now that I'm grown, my wife, Marina... Who also writes for Cracked? Sirtis? Yeah, Marina Sirtis. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, I didn't tell you guys. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. um, that's, that's cool. That's not a big bomb drop down. <laughs> no, she's a, she's a big original series fan. So I've seen all the original series episodes multiple times. And it's a bit easier to be an original series fan because there's only like, I think 80 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas with next, yeah. next gen, it's like <laughs> seven years. Were you frustrated by this movie as an original series fan? Cause it takes a while for like Captain Kirk to come back. Not really? Cause yeah. it begins with yeah. him and you sort of yeah. know he's coming back. Like everybody, like when this movie came out, everybody knew this was the movie that was going to kill Kirk. Like everybody knew Kirk was going to die. So like going right. into this movie, I knew that Kirk was going to die, which didn't make me as sad then as it does watching it now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like my wife cannot watch this movie. It makes her, t- it makes her Whoa. too sad. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's like a huge. She, Kirk yes. Fan, oh yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. We have, I'm, I'm, wow. I'm pace. I'm currently pacing around a cardboard stand up of Captain Kirk. Okay. We, have a, we have a cardboard standy in our, in our apartment of Captain Kirk. Well, oh what era? What movie? Yeah. The, the show. Oh, yeah. Original series? 60s Kirk. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, Sexy. so he's looking. He's, I, he's looking. I've got. <laughs> I also have a standee of Captain Kirk that someone gave me when I was a kid. Are they coming standees? Well, this one was like specifically one from a video store where okay. Captain Kirk is uh, posing, holding a VHS copy of Star Trek V. <laughs> That's like, the only one he directed. It's like Spaceballs level weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, here, I made this. Uh, yeah. Well, I saw it in the theater also, like you guys, except. I saw it like a week after it had come out okay. because I was a huge Next Generation fan. Yeah. I was super excited for the movie to come out. I was like maybe more excited than I ever had been for a movie mm-hmm. coming out. And I just happened to have made plans to see a movie with a friend of mine that hated Star Trek, didn't want anything to do with Star Trek. So I tried to convince him to go see <laughs> Star Trek and he wouldn't have any of it. So I had to go with him to see The Santa Claus. Oh my <laughs> that God. was still in the theater then? At- Yeah, like they, it wasn't like fresh out, but it was still in the theater and it was playing at the twin cinema where Star Trek just opened. So (laughs) I could see all the people going into Star Trek having the time of their lives. I assume you can hear photon torpedo blast through the walls. (laughs) I think that sounds fun. No, exactly. That's what it was like. This is about a contract. Do I hear Kirk dying? I also unironically love the Santa Claus. So um, guard your words, sir. Okay. <laughs> Don't listen to our Santa Claus episode then. You know, I just wrote a whole thing for the site about how much I hate the Santa Claus. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And I, I wrote. I just wrote an after yeah. hours about how fucking strange it is. <laughs> yeah, it is strange. I don't mind. I don't mind the first one that much, to be honest. But the the sequels. I, you know, I bar- I only saw the second one. I barely remember. I haven't seen the first one in like ten years, probably. So I, I don't even. I don't even I'm sure really it holds remember up. it. But oh, the other thing I didn't mention is my friend was Jewish and didn't celebrate Christmas, <laughs> but he still preferred to like <laughs> go to see the Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, he would rather see that than Star Trek. Yeah, anything was, but Star Trek. Is that is bummer. so fucked up. Yeah. Okay, Rob, do you want to give us a rundown of the plot of Star Trek Generations? Sure do. <laughs> Space. I cannot oh, wait. <laughs> oh man. 
the final <laughs> champagne frontier. bottle is spinning <laughs> through space. Well, that's right. At first, we can't really see what it is, and then yeah, it is a bottle of Dom Perignon vintage twenty two sixty three or something. I think yeah. at first I thought it was like a spaceship from like the Champagne Planet. It took me a while <laughs> as a kid to realize what was actually happening. <laughs> Yeah, and it sort of hurtles through space and smashes against a ship, and we see that the ship has uh, the nameplate Enterprise. They're christening it. It's the Enterprise A. Still kind of a waste of booze, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a brand new Enterprise. Also, who the fuck threw that, and where the fuck did they throw it from? I know. Yeah, I thought oh, a lot yeah. about that. Like, did they have like some sort of like launcher, <laughs> yeah, or did they yeah. just put in a st- standard photon torpedo bay? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that travel. <laughs> And like, what if they miss? <laughs> it just goes spinning yeah. past the Enterprise for eternity. Well, yeah. <laughs> and Riker's like, no, my booze. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, for the takeoff. We'll, we'll, we'll steer the ship into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Alan Ruck can pull that off. Yes, but, so Captain Cameron It's the maiden five. voyage of the Enterprise A, and they've got, like, all the old crew there. They've Well, not all of them. They've got Chekhov, Scotty. They've got the ones they've that got, don't hate William right, Shatner. They've got, they've got people who are clearly supposed to be Bones and Spock, right? Because once yes. they... Yeah. Once they rescue the people, Chekhov inexplicably goes to sick bay to like treat people, and then he he knocks Malcolm McDowell out <laughs> with a hypo. It's like okay, that was supposed to be bones. Right. Like clearly, this was supposed to be bones. Oh my god! <laughs> I just you, did a spit take because I I literally spat my coffee Jesus out. Christ, you spat it all over me, <laughs> like across the table on me. And his shields were up. <laughs> that's no, that's but horrible. that's I never occurred oh, yeah. to me. That's exactly right. Yeah, this is the first time you've <laughs> ever done a spit take on the show. Chekhov doesn't know shit about. Medicine. He literally sent Chekhov to sick bay. And then Scotty, so the playwright Chekhov was a doctor. Walks over to the, yeah. the, to the science console and it's like they're reading strange forms of life. Like that's okay. That's a he's, he's clearly supposed to be Spock there. Yeah, well, I, I read that they console? they wrote it originally with Spock and the other guy in mind, Bones. and they'd actually asked Leonard Nimoy to yeah Bones. They'd actually asked him to direct the uh, Star Trek Generations, but he declined, and he sort of felt like they hadn't given Spock anything to do, so he didn't want to be in it. Right, like, if if all they did with this role to make it Scotty was change a few lines, then yeah, no, Spock doesn't have enough to do. Yeah. <laughs> they had to widen the doorway a little I'm too. fucking Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I directed Three Men and a Baby, you can't treat me like this. One of the weird things... That's true. One of the weird things about the scene is there's like space paparazzi people that are like That's filming and so taking pictures. Yes. And they have like a GoPro on their head. Like it's just well, basically it's a GoPro the, the with be- like a big flashlight. The best part and it's so of it intrusive. is when, like Alan Ruck, Captain Cameron Fry, finally yeah. asks Kirk for help. He's like, Captain Kirk, tell me what the fuck to do because I don't know what I'm doing. And he comes up to him and he, he starts, he tells him, you know, oh, uh, get close to the ship so you can beam them on board. And then Space Paparazzi Man is just kind of like, we understand that he's wearing the camera on his face. But in the shot, it's it's a it's like a three shot. It's a two shot that is a three shot. It's uh, yeah. Shatner and Alan Ruck. And then in between them is Space Paparazzi Man, who's just looking at Shatner, like with this. He's not making. He's not, he has no expression. No, he's, he's just like that's I know. What you got to do in a war zone. <laughs> you got to like, be right up there. I'm a physical camera. Yeah. I have no. Like, <laughs> like it's Turn the that thing off. Yo, he's an android with yeah. a camera. <laughs> no, but like, like I don't well, like. What's it for? Like I don't remember any scenes in Star Trek where someone's like watching the news. No, no one's ever. It, it's, yeah. it's the same thing in Star Wars. There's no television. In this future, nobody, nobody's yeah. ever well, watching. Maybe there television. is back on Earth. 
They're on a they're on a military vessel. They don't got time to watch TV. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to Captain Picard's family. He le- they like left the TV on in the <laughs> short circuit. Lord, burnt them alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so anyway, this maiden voyage goes like awry. They hear like a distress signal, and so Captain Cameron doesn't want to respond because you know he's a mamby pamby. But then Kirk, he it's, keeps on. Sounds like, like you're saying Candace Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because they don't. It's cause they, well, she'd be a great Star Trek in captain. Cameron's defense: they don't have anything on the ship. Like it's 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 almost it's like just like a a, a photo op. Yeah, ship. it's not like, outfit. Yeah, they don't have anything on. Yeah, board. yeah. they have nothing. It's, it's Battlestar Galactica, basically. Yeah, well, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the same guy wrote it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, yeah, it hasn't. we find out that it hasn't been outfitted with anything like tractor beam or photon torpedoes. But, like, Kirk is still like, you know, we got to do something. We got to, like, help these people. So, uh, yeah, Alan Rock sort of asks him what to do and, you know, gives him a chance to be captain again, which, you know, makes him feel really good. Though at the end, like, they're, like, transporting, like, a bunch of, like, refugees off the sort of ship. And there's, like, this point where, like, Alan Ruck wants to, like, go off and, like, do this thing to do a Star Trek-y thing that will cause a thing to happen. Yeah. And wants Captain Kirk to keep on the bridge. And Captain Kirk's like... No, your job is on the bridge. And he goes to do it. It's like mm-hmm. a big moment for him. Yeah. And then in that scene, when he's running down to create some tension, we see all the people that are rescued. And, and one of them is clearly Guinan yes. uh, just being in the corner. Well, like she's no, been given a timeout. It's supposed to be Guinan. Yeah. No, it's not no, like they were like, no, we no, need no. an extra person. <laughs> no, no, I know. But like, Whoopi, get down here. But it's not like we see her and she's like walking through the crowd doing something normal like everyone else. She's literally facing the corner like the end of the Blair Witch Project. Like yeah, she's just like I, in the corner. And someone has to turn her around and be like, hey, why are you facing she, that way? It's is she the same race as Soren, or is she a different race? Like I never understood. Yeah, she's okay. one of the. I never understood Guy yeah, because I've only I've... seen a handful of Next Gen episodes. Yeah, she's she's the same race as that guy for sure, and so she kind of understands him and can sense him a little bit, like later in the episode. Yeah, because they're also basically immortal. Yeah. yeah, they live for a long time. Yeah. Because Guinan was, like, friends with Mark Twain. I don't know if you guys knew that. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. weird. Yeah, well, her race, like, lives for, like, 700 years <laughs> or something like that. But so, yeah, her and, like, Malcolm McDowell are amongst these refugees. And we, we find out, you know, like, they, they sort of save a bunch of them. But there is, like, a huge explosion and a hull breach. And they go up to where Captain Kirk has been. And they find out that he's been sucked into space. Mm-hmm. And he's presumably dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know. Pinwheeling, pin anyway, real bummer way to start pinwheeling the movie. fatly through space forever. <laughs> <laughs> Priceline.com. <laughs> so then we flash forward, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we sort of like get to the, like the next generation this, part. Yeah. Uh, this though- is my favorite scene. In the entire movie. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it's sort of, well, because, you know, we expect them to go to the future. It says, like, 80 years yeah. later, but we see them on, like, some sort of, like, a schooner or something. I don't know what old ships are called. Yes, sure. And they're all wearing, like, this Sullivan. Gilbert and Sullivan yeah. gear. <laughs> they're all Pirates of Penzance. And they're giving yeah, that's right. promotion with this elaborate ceremony where they're on, like, a 17th century ship. And they make him walk out on the plane and try to jump up and catch his hat. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, two things. First, um, I want to know the hero who convinced Worf to put that costume on. <laughs> I won't do it. Nope. It's embarrassing. I don't understand why we have to wear these ridiculous things. I've earned my promotion. And yeah, second, yeah. Why do I have to grab right. some hat? And second, yeah. do they do this for every promotion on the ship? It because sounds like, like I was wondering that too. People on a Federation starship. Mm-hmm. 
Your turn, Anton. <laughs> That's how John Luke gets yeah. his kicks. <laughs> you must try to grab <laughs> well, also, I feel bad because, you know, there is... <laughs> Most of the ceremonies are interrupted by people getting used to their families yeah. burn. Yeah, it's a convenient uh, out. Yeah. No, but also, like, there, you know, there's that like supercut of of Worf just getting shot down and rejected. Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. like every time, no, Mr. Wolf. Yeah. yeah, but I feel bad because even here he's getting a promotion and he's let out in handcuffs. Yeah, and humiliated. There's, like, there's, 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 there's nothing nice. About this is it. the best day of his life. Right. Like after this, you know, when they go, they get the distress call and they go to the uh, the space station or whatever where Soren is. They beam in there. And Riker's looking at the damage, and Worf is like, uh, it's this kind of ionic blaster or whatever. So Riker's like, okay, then it means it can only be Romulans or Klingons. And he says Klingons with like, <laughs> or dirty yeah, Klingons. Yeah. Klingons like, I hate distinct. them so much. And it's like, Not you, Worf bro. is standing okay. right next to yeah. you, man. Like, Maybe, <laughs> He's your maybe friend. Your you play poker for like with ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> not everything. Not everything is peachy in the yeah. Federation. There's still some. Yeah, you know. I was super. Dis- I was super disappointed that uh, Kirk never got to because you know uh, Kirk's arc in the Star Trek movies is that he becomes super racist against Klingons and it's used against him in Star right. Trek Six. Because they killed his son. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. If he had gotten to meet Worf, that would right. Have been yeah, like they should have had to meet Worf. Well, like, but Worf isn't there Klingon on the ship on the, on, on the bridge of the ship? But Worf's, <laughs> um, Worf's grandfather defended Kirk and the other one in Star Trek Six. Oh, oh wow. Okay, yeah, that's right. That and was, he was played by Michael Dorn. That was the most exciting part of because I wasn't really an original series guy. So, but I went to see Star Trek Six because I was a Star Trek fan, and that was the most exciting part when Michael Torn showed up. Oh, yeah. Star Trek Six is good, it's man. Cool. Christopher Plummer. Yeah, no, it's Plummer great. As an evil yeah. Klingon with an eye patch. Yeah, <laughs> it was originally Kevin Spacey, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got yeah. replaced. <laughs> that's, that's his legacy <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> or Christopher Plummer. Yeah, he used to be the he used to be the great guy from The Sound of Music, and now he's plugging well, in. You know, um, now he's a Band-Aid for sexual predators. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know this from listening to the audiobook of Shatner's autobiography. <laughs> um, That'd be a good audiobook. Does he read it? it? Does. Nice. He, I think that. he reads all of his audiobooks. Like all the, he has two autobiographies and I think two Star Trek memories uh, books. Don't forget Tech War. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tech War. Just to, tr- just to troll War. Shatner, someone should get Chris Pine to read all of Shatner's <laughs> memoirs. But um, no, so what, what does he say? In his memoir, he talks about how in Canada he was Chris Plummer's understudy, and I think Henry V at Stratford, Stratford Festival. Yeah. yeah, it's a big part of our heritage. <laughs> Are you guys all Canadian? Yeah, 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 yeah we're yeah, all in Canada. Christ. And while we have you on the phone, we want to talk to you about healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Christopher Plummer, he's also in that documentary Shatner made about Mm -hmm. the captains. Right. And then he goes to talk to Christopher Plummer, not because he was a captain, but just because they're friends. friends. (laughs) He's a captain of the Klingon ship. There's a weird synergy between five and six, too, Star Trek five and six, because, oh gosh, what's his name? Guy from the Omen, reporter from the Omen, David Warner. Oh, uh, David, David Warner, Warner yeah. is in both Star Trek five and six as two completely different characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I'm always weirded out when that yeah. happens. Yeah. Also, in this movie, Tim Russ played Tuvok I on Voyager. Yeah, he's in the, he's in the back of the round, but yeah. he's not a Vulcan. He's just a guy. No. But he's also he was he's already in uh, the Next well, Generation well, too. He was in like the Die Hard Voyager episode. Had, uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Right. So Tuvok already existed. He was well. No. He was in the. Uh, the episode where the actor, yeah, yeah, the actor was in an episode okay. where Captain Picard stuck on the Enterprise and has the to fight. The sweep, yeah, he has to fight people he thinks are terrorists and then turn out a to crossbow. be 
thieves. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I cool. wrote that down in my notes. I w- my note is, is that Tuvok question mark? So, <laughs> so Tuvok. I, have, I have not seen a single episode of Voyager, but I do know like the cast. Um, right. So I was yeah. like, is that fucking Tuvok? <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah, just kind of running around. Okay, so we we should get to the inciting incident, which is Captain Picard finding out his family burned <laughs> right, to death. So yeah. Well, so yeah, while he's like <laughs> on the holodeck for this ceremony, he gets a message and he goes to check it on the hutch mm-hmm. or whatever. And we arch, don't, we, yeah, we that's don't right. See the what hutch. it is, so we don't know what's bugging no. Picard for like thirty. He minutes. just becomes really pissy yeah. to everybody. Yeah, he just <laughs> like no Riker, leave. No. And like immediately, like Deanna Troy senses something wrong. Yeah, go sit on a chair backwards. <laughs> you always do. And she like always butts in as like, you know, whenever somebody is feeling bad right, about something, right. Deanna Troy is like, well, like, hey, what's for, wrong? But it's like, you, give me some time. Right, for an empath, she's a fantastically terrible counselor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel like you'd butt in too if like every emotion anyone else felt, you mm-hmm. felt. Be like, okay, I need to calm you down because you're like making me anxious. I guess so. But yeah, she goes and talks to him. That's one of like my favorite scenes. Oh, it's a real good. Movie, it's, it's a real honestly. good scene. Well, and, uh, if you discount the fact that I mean, we're watching this in 2017. If you discount the fact that the card has a physical photo album of his family, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, he's just swiping through Instagram or something. There's so many anachronisms in it. It's so my, my nephew like, found alive. <laughs> Scrolling through his Facebook photos. <laughs> also, the the bit the terrible irony of all of this is that the ship crashes in the end. That photo album probably burned no, too. No, 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 they go back and get it. He gets it. Specifically, finds the. Oh, that's what he finds at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he has this thing where Diana Troy is like, "What happened?" Happen. He's like, oh, my, my family, they all they all burned to death. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he goes, it's all right. These things whoa, happen. Whoa, 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 and it's oh, just like, on, let me stop you. did you say I'm so sorry, like on purpose to like troll to like troll uh, me or is that genuine Canadian? Oh, no, I was saying that uh, <laughs> uh, Marina Sirtis said okay. it, but sorry for the confusion. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> you guys. Hey, she's got us. Uh, but yeah, she she says sorry to him. And his response for his family burning to death was like. It's all right. These things happen. And it's yeah. it's so he's trying to protect her in that moment, which I find really noble no, and yeah. beautiful. It's a, it's and a, I mean, it's a sad. really good scene. Like it, 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 yeah. it actually, I, I felt tears welling up when I watched this last night. Yeah. And I'm not joking. Like, I think this movie yeah. is ultimately about getting older and death and the passage mm-hmm. of time. And I think that I appreciate it. I mean, I liked it when I saw it. I think that I appreciate it more that I, now that I'm older and, you know, like I'm married and I'm like trying to start a family and like all that other stuff. So some of uh, the stuff that Picard is going through uh, kind of hits me kind of harder than it would have. Yeah. Well, he's like really sort of torn up because, I mean, not only is it because his brother and his nephew have died, mm-hmm. but it's also it sort of hits him especially hard because it's the end of the Picard legacy. Yeah, he never had he's a family. He's never yeah. had any kids and he's chosen and his that career. Was, and that was always uh, a thing with Kirk in the original series and then in the movies that they did is Kirk never had a long-term relationship because uh, he was basically married to the Enterprise. He's married to the ship. And then yeah. he had... Well, he just spread his seed across the galaxy. <laughs> right. There's right. a little Kirk on every planet. Of course. Of course. But if, 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 we're, being, if we're being serious, um, he never had a family. And he, he had one son that was sort of an accident, uh, a, a product of what you're talking about, of him just like shooting his uh, Kirk wad across the galaxy. And then his son gets killed. So it's like there's, there's this synergy. Uh, that they, they never make it explicit, really, in the film. But if you're a fan of both series, you notice it that 
Kirk was always very alone. He never had a family. And in this movie, we see that he dies alone. And I think that, and, and, and also in this movie, you see that that's like what, that's like Picard's fear that he's going to, that he's yeah. going to well, die the alone. Thing is that I, they, they, well, they, they kind of connect yeah. on that yeah, too, th- that they don't have mm-hmm. a legacy. You know, that's the thing I really like about this movie. Cause as goofy as it sounds to like get these two characters together through, you know, like a magic space ribbon, <laughs> I, like it, it sounds silly, but it's just so like, um, with a bow. it's so emotionally rewarding that, these two guys that, yeah, like you said, in the other, in the other series, we see, you know, Kirk never had a family. Aging is a big mm-hmm. part of, of his story in the later movies and to have Picard going through the same thing and to have the realization that their family names aren't being passed yeah. on, but that their enterprise name would pass on right. and that they were family in this more unusual Dang. sense. I found, yeah, oddly touching. No, it's, yeah. I, I mean, I think it, it's a weirdly emotional film for being a Star Trek movie because it's not about, I mean, like, yeah, it's a giant pink space ribbon that looks like the slime from Ghostbusters too, but it's also, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like literally heaven. It's like, it's probably a greater metaphor and, than and I'm not seeing, but it's like, it's like heroin, <laughs> yeah, man. Super. Like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's what it sounds like when Guinan describes yeah, it. It's like these, these two guys, if you were either one of them, honestly, it would be a very difficult decision to leave the Nexus. Yeah, and they come by it pretty easy. In yeah, I know. They, they, they really didn't really make that decision. He's like, oh, I jumped a horse, and it didn't jump. As, uh, okay, I'll leave. Right. <laughs> it was a right, weird like, Kirk decision. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it's also a pensive movie, too. Very like, much There's so, a lot of yeah. thought. People just thinking and, yeah. and looking. And like Picard is trying to save a whole planet at one point uh, from, from death, and he's he's throwing stones and thinking and like really pensive in this big oh, action yeah. scene. That's one of my favorite uh, parts of the entire movie is when yeah. know, Malcolm McDowell is just doing his shit like he's wearing his bomb and Picard's just sitting there yeah. and he's like, don't you have anything better to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. I have a lot of questions about the Nexus. I We've got to talk about data. Uh, we're going to do that when we come back from this quick uh, mm. break. How dare you? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about Star Trek Generations with Tom Ryman. Um, so this Nexus, it's, yeah, <laughs> like it's space heaven. It's this magic place where... If you get sucked into it, you're just in your in your greatest fantasy. Yeah, everything you desire. Here's <clears throat> yeah. something I don't understand about Soren's 80-year quest with the Nexus. By the way, I need to um, tweet at Soren from Cracked. Right. <laughs> last night, like, you know, every other line is like, Soren! <laughs> it's also kind of like Sauron from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, I feel like they just took another villain and... Popped a letter out. I thought it was like Soren Kierkegaard. <laughs> yeah, they don't, oh, maybe. They, they, they yeah, because he talks about time they a lot. Really say it like they do, and like Lord of the Rings in the movie, they say uh, Sauron, and you know, bring up my wife again. She's a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. She always says it like Sauron too. In that, in in exactly yeah. that, 
which sounds weird to me. I'm like, no, it's Sauron. Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> but, but so yeah, Soren's plan. Were you going to mention right. the, the the wackiness right. of that? Like, like okay, so he's blowing up a, a sun to dismantle the gravitational pull to move the Nexus as it travels through space. Yeah, like two suns. He like blew up one sun already. Right. I was blowing he's up another traveling sun. To another sun. <laughs> up. Um, Just uh, like Captain ever. Kirk's son also, was destroyed. One thousand percent. Yes, he, his son was killed by uh, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, uh, the Klingon, for the Empire. Anyways. <laughs> um, but it's also a weird thing because he can't like you think he could just fly well, in right no, and they say right. you can't do that because the ship will yeah, be destroyed like I have yeah. known about that because they say well any ship that gets close to it it gets ripped apart and i'm like well uh, we see in the prologue that he's in a uh, like a shuttle that's trapped in the nexus and it's getting it's not blasted apart immediately it's getting ripped apart yeah. but like Okay, so couldn't you fly, couldn't you take like a tiny little shuttle, fly it into the Nexus, and then just like do a spacewalk? Yeah, or, yeah, or, <laughs> or don't they oh, have yeah. an invention that just beams you <laughs> yeah, in? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> we we the know they Enterprise do. to we beam you in. And there's a, there's a, <laughs> I don't even series, know why you need the Nexus. original series episode where Jack the Ripper shows up. <laughs> Turns out Jack the Ripper is like this immortal alien spirit, and they beam him into space. So we know they can beam into mm. space. <laughs> Too bad they didn't have Malcolm McDowell on the case. Well, uh, yeah, that's right, also, yeah. get this, uh, Jack the Ripper is played by the guy who does the voice of Piglet. In Winnie the, in Winnie what? The, yes. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. That's an amazing oh, connection. It's a weird episode. <laughs> but uh, no, they beam him into space. They also beam him into several parts into space, but they beam him into space. So we know they can do that. Yeah, totally. So, but also, yeah... You, uh, technology is advanced still then like does he know about the holodeck yeah i know he can pretty much do That's what i was gonna say hey, <laughs> yeah. it's, just the it's like the nexus well, yeah you can just live in your like fancy pirates of penzance fantasies yeah, yeah he, i mean he can only do that for bursts at a time though like you can't live in the holodeck it's true there's like sign up yeah yeah <laughs> but uh and, and barclay's always using it it's so. my turn <laughs> so he's he's got to destroy the star which will in turn like destroy a planet like create a yeah basically a genocide yeah there'll be a shockwave and there will be like 25 million people on some planet uh, it's it's die, it's hundreds um, it's hundreds of millions yeah 230 yeah. we never see them though so no, it doesn't so really have any emotional also, effect also yeah that's so weird travels at <laughs> what the speed we? of light like yeah 11 seconds to the sun it from the, from the planet <laughs> i was like how fast and it hits the sun in like 10 <laughs> seconds <laughs> yeah. And also, when you see the rocket, like it looks like one of those model yeah. rockets, like they yeah. give you as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it escapes like a gravitational pull of a planet to go to a sun in ten seconds. It's nuts. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so we should well, let's get to the Nexus okay. because Captain Picard, okay. yeah. fails ultimately right. and then goes to Christmas he goes land. To, he goes to, There's yeah. the, the he goes iconic to Christmas in Dickensian London in the Nexus. Yeah, which is is Picard's ultimate fantasy to like slingshot around the sun and go back to the 1700s and marry someone and father eight annoying yes. children. Bring me back to when there was cholera. <laughs> I want I want but, to but they also call me Papa. Yeah, and a, that and was, a, that was more painting, of a, a big ornate Michael painting Dorn, of himself. That. Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> oh no, I, I assumed he'd bring Worf yeah. back with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta have his buddy Worf. And all the kids, <laughs> and all the kids have like these '90s toys too, like a uh, like a jet fighter. Well, like that would be like getting an old ship in a bottle well, to us. The, little, the, the little, Nexus plane. It's so the little weird. girl gets like a doll. Yeah, 
Renee, yeah. come back here. Well, you have burned to death in my future. <laughs> it's still Michael yeah. Bourne. It's so Michael. Yeah, and I guess in his wildest similar, fantasy, similar, like honestly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both over enunciating yeah. everything. <laughs> because, but his nephew, his nephew's in Christmas yeah. Land, which leads me to believe that in his fantasy world, like his brother's still dead. <laughs> right, his right. brother's still dead. He died in that fire. I was waiting for. I was waiting for him to like meet his Sorry, brother, and he's not there. Like his his brother's no. not there. Yeah. It's really yeah. weird. Well, maybe the actor who played him on the Generations episode couldn't show up. Yeah, maybe. But and I remember as a kid, yeah. like watching this and being like, "Why isn't that Beverly Crusher?" Like, cause they had this like oh. on again, off again. Thing. Oh, you're such a shipper. I that know. I guess, happen. I guess I was a shipper. As Even a kid. in his fantasies, John Luke knows it's not going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that should be Beverly. Where's Wesley? Yeah. I found kid, this anyway. scene like really affecting. It was really beautiful. I mean, first of all, if you're going to have a moment in like an ideal paradise sort of situation, of course, it's going to be Christmas morning with your family, the family that you don't have that you've given up everything for. Yeah. And, you know, your loved ones are not gone, did horrifically you, dead. Did you guys read the giver in the united states uh, yeah oh um, yeah like did oh, you yeah. have to read yeah, that, that was uh, uh, yeah great i think most of we were oh, okay yeah because we, we read it too and and it's kind of the end of that uh, the end of the giver is like christmas lights and it's everything is warm and it's it's kind of that like post-death thing where you go to christmas and christmas is like heaven Oh, yeah yeah anyway spoiling lois lowry i always remember because i like when i was a kid i watched mainly like star trek and then you know, ABC sitcoms, right. something. So I remember thinking it was weird that like Star Trek never had a Christmas episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but we see Captain Picard as Christmas in the past. Did they like abolish it in the future? I think they just never, they just never do it. Like, because the, the Enterprise probably is on so many, an exploratory like, mission, right? <laughs> so they're like out in the far reaches with like a crew of 600 or so, you know, I, I think it just... And children, so many children. Yeah. There's there a so weird amount on of children that ship, on that ship. That crashes. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one complaint I can level at Next Gen that doesn't yeah. happen in the original oh. series. Zero children on the ship in the original series. <laughs> you're putting no one in danger that hasn't signed right. up like, for it. They knew. Like, in Next Generation, you're like, all these kids. And they really milk it in this movie, too, because we haven't talked how the Enterprise is under attack with... Uh, and the Klingons. Klingons. And um, at one point, one they're evacuating the, the kids. The helmsman <laughs> is Brian Thompson, who is Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat Annihilation and is also the alien bounty hunter in The X-Files. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the guy. Wow. He's the guy that says, We are cloaking! Our shields are down! <laughs> <laughs> that's him. That's the alien bounty hunter. <laughs> oh, oh that's yeah. interesting. That's cool. Yeah, it's hard to recognize anyone with all that crap on their face. Yes, yeah, which uh, apparently unless they're in the sound doesn't music. exist 80 years previous according to star trek discovery which is a stupid show and i hate it oh god <laughs> yeah we can't even talk yeah. about that yeah, it's, 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 bad. Um, it's so bad. bad the mud the mud yeah. episode is pretty cool oh um, yeah the, yeah. the harry mm-hmm. mud one it's, it's rain, rain wilson, wilson right? mud, yeah yeah oh, okay yeah. i might watch uh, that mud, uh mud yeah oh yeah, it's also uh in case you guys didn't know yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, okay. we knew. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Just making sure. I thought you meant Matthew McConaughey. At first. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. I guess no, I'm but, uh, enterprise. it's also, <laughs> it's also, uh, the two sisters, uh, Mersa yeah. and Bator. Are those their names? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. So. Something like that. Which seemed like, again, that was almost like a bit too far for me in terms of like shoehorning in fan favorites. Oh, were they from right. the series? Yeah, they were like the sisters of the guy that like framed Worf's family and like killed his father. Oh, or that makes I'm more that makes <laughs> more sense now because they I don't they like don't that. have much I, of a role in the movie, and it seems like they're supposed to be major characters. There is history. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, but no one even seems surprised that 
they happen to be the ones that made a deal with Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Like when they first kind of reveal themselves, they're just like, Hey, Oh, Hey guys. Hey, <laughs> Oh, let's talk about data for a minute oh, yeah. because data, yeah. data gets his emotion ship is insufferable. <laughs> like, he really is. Yeah, he's yeah. launched him into space. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he can survive right. it. He's Just launch him in space, like, tow yeah. him behind the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Do you he, think that's what Brent Spiner's like in real yeah. life? <laughs> I kind of suspect he is. Yeah. The thing that freaked me out as a kid watching it though is that they do these weird pulls to his eyes and his face when he freaks out on the space oh, station. Yeah, yeah. And they make his eyes real big, and it. I cannot tell. Me if those scenes are enhanced or if it's just Brent Spiner, like actually able to physically to make his face do this. Spiner. His eyes seem to get too wide. His mouth seems to get too wide. It's a nightmare. Yeah, it, look, it looks terrible. It's, like, it's an effective, it's an effective yeah. shot. And I, I'm just, I am curious if that's a visual effect or if it's just Brent Spiner it's being like, be. I can make my mouth real big. <laughs> he looks like one of the human characters from Ren and Stimpy or something. <laughs> yeah. But so data. Yeah. I guess the emotion chip, I do like that. They kind of make it creepy at times. Like when he can't stop laughing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's unnerving for sure. But other times I feel like it's supposed to be like, fun for the audience like i remember when he does like the fist pump at one point or so oh, yeah, like when the klingon ship explodes yeah, yeah like yeah. everyone cheered in the theater well, like, or like saying oh I like, shit i like that, that. Yeah. I like the yeah. swearing being that because he's um in next gen he's spock right like he's yeah. the one that has the very analytical view of everything he never reacts emotionally to things and that's a fun character he comments on humanity yeah yeah so it's always fun it, it, for me anyway, as a, an original series fan, it's always more fun for me to see how Spock as Spock reacts to a, a, a situation that would normally be very emotional for people. So it's weird to me that they decided to make data emotional for this movie and give him like emotional reactions. Cause like anyone could do that. I found it like really effective. Like when he was like not able to control that his was, that was good. Like, that was know. good. You know, I almost, because some parts I find really annoying, but I almost excuse it all for the scene talking about, you know, the themes and, and, and how oddly uh, moving the movie can be. The, the scene where Data asks Captain Picard deactivate to, to deactivate him yeah. because he can't do his job with all these emotions. And Captain Picard is going through the exact yes. same thing because he, he's finding it hard to do his job because his family burned, <laughs> as we've mentioned <laughs> several <laughs> times. <laughs> but it's really bumming him out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we, I don't know if we brought this up. His family burned. Uh, <laughs> But also, can he take like a couple of days off? Go to the funeral or something? What? Yeah. Nope. No. no beam there. <laughs> he, he doesn't, uh, no, he doesn't but so he's like number one. You have <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. Oh, my family just cattle. died. They burned. <laughs> <laughs> but he like he basically yells at Data and has to you know says what he's telling himself, which I yeah. I found really effective. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it yeah. was in a room that was oddly never seen before. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, the, like, star, star, star in, cartography. It was in, like, the Professor X room from, yeah. like, X-Men. So that is, <laughs> yeah, it was in that Cerebro. That is an inexcusably long scene. That scene is, like, that scene is, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that scene is ten minutes long. <laughs> it's, it, I it's know, I, I actually scene. looked at, it's close to seven minutes. It's a long scene. I it's, think I think it was probably more entertaining reaction. to audiences in '94 because we didn't have Google Maps. Yeah, because yeah. they're basically just like using Google Maps, yeah. <laughs> and it was probably dazzled people at the time. Right. Like, it's it, like it's the star has exploded. It's them finding a location <laughs> on like 
a map. <laughs> yeah. And then making a line yeah. slightly deviate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's uh, slightly less dazzling when we have satellites that do that for us on like a daily basis. Yeah, why couldn't they do that on the bridge or something? Yeah, right. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the Kirk of it all, because this is kind of what we're all building to, is we finally oh, get yes. to see Kirk in the Nexus. Yeah, that's right. Kirk? And again, reinforcing that theme, it's the day that he kind of left his, uh, I guess, his girlfriend. Yeah, or- the greatest day of his life. <laughs> well, Kirk is weird. Like in the, if, if you notice in the first Star Trek movie, Star Trek Motion Picture, it's him coming on board a ship that's being captained by someone else. He has jealousy issues. Yeah, he doesn't. He can't. But he's even one like of those guys, the arc of the Star Trek films, the original series Star Trek films, is that Kirk is one of those guys that can't retire. Yeah, like retiring yeah. is a death sentence to him. Like he, he, he keeps getting hit with retirement, and he just he can't do it. And we even see that at the beginning of the yeah. movie when he's on the uh, bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah, and he's it was so Sulu, restless. With Sulu's daughter. Yeah, too. yeah it was Sulu's daughter. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about Sulu's yeah. daughter, who yeah. who we know is was the result of a one night stand with a glamazon, <laughs> according to George Takei. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's from a book or something. But that's amazing. Yeah, so Kirk is yeah he's going to kind of change history. He's wrestling with the same things Captain Picard is. He mm-hmm. wants to live his life again, but with a mm-hmm. family. Yeah. Uh, one thing that occurred to me that seems kind of shitty about the Nexus is you can have all your wildest dreams come true, but apparently other people in the Nexus can just kind of intrude on them. Well, that, that's what I thought. Like, Captain Picard should just go to Malcolm McDowell, who's also in the Nexus, and just annoy him. <laughs> just be punch like, him in the face. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. Could, could, you can't enjoy your heaven if I'm right, right like here. He could just <laughs> theoretically go to Malcolm McDowell and be like, Look, this isn't real. Your family's still dead. Like they were still yeah. killed uh, by the board. Like, uh, yeah. Would, like, would, Nina, Nina, boo, would, boo. Wouldn't you be better served helping humanity? I feel like that's how. Like the the also guess who was Borg? Yeah, this guy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's I, how I the like, that, like the writers of the show. Exactly. Would do. I feel like that's how the episode would have yeah. gone. Like he would have gone into uh, mm-hmm. Soren's nexus and been right. like, "Look, this isn't real. Like this is this is a, yeah. a false heaven that you're pursuing." But, Look at this Christmas ornament. And yeah. Yeah, it's just Instead, Christmas, we get Kirk for the assist. Christmas ornaments um, imploding. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like they're, that, they're, they're the star yeah, exploding. Yeah, if that's like the only... <laughs> Look at all those twinkling yeah, if lights. If that's the only thing that's like, this world isn't real, then I, I would probably be like, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, that, that's the <laughs> thing. Like when he goes to see... Children. <laughs> when he goes to see Kirk, Kirk is like, uh, every time I took that jump on my horse, I, uh, I felt afraid. And this time I didn't, so... Uh, I know it's not real. I'm like, oh, fear is gone? That's even better than like this life. What are you yeah. talking no, about, No, but Kirk? that's what Kirk lives on. The excitement, the adrenaline, right. the... Uh, the constant fear. No, it's but, anxiety. you know... anxiety. I well, like that. Like, he says that there's nothing worth, like, living for. There's no taking chances. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It seems a little transparent that it's, like, clearly either William Shatner's house or William Shatner's neighbor's house. I, I, <laughs> and, oh man, I'm trying, I'm scouring my memory. I think that is like William Shatner's house or it one is, of his houses. Yeah, is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Like, I thought so. His horse. Because they came to him and they were like, okay, you're going to die in this movie. He's like, all right, well then I want this and this and this and this. And this. They took out all the sex scenes, though. I want must two horse jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's well, been, he, he's been, so he's he agrees been, to come he's back. He's been chopping wood for eighty years. 
agrees yeah. to come well, back with uh, Picard. It's got to show how masculine yeah. he is. But that's also because time has no meaning, which is also weird because Guinan tells Captain Picard that he can go back to any time, any place with the Nexus. Well, yeah. and it's weird that she's like, I'm not Guinan, I'm an echo of Guinan, because she's no longer mm. here. It's like, well... But could she still be there? Because time has no meaning. Wait, does That's that mean true. that like, Captain Picard is still there and Captain Kirk is yeah. still there? If time has yes. no meaning, then everyone is everywhere Echoes all the time. Of them. Echoes but of also, them are still in the Nexus, yes. Uh, <laughs> if this thing can Nexus show can <laughs> take you away. anywhere at any time, like regardless of the fantasy stuff, like why isn't everyone trying to harness its power or get also, inside of it? Why didn't he go back to when he saw Soren in the uh, Siren? Uh, anyway, whatever Sorry. his name is in Ten Forward, and just punch Sorry. him out. Like why? Yeah. Why didn't he yeah. go back yeah. and like yeah. avoid all the kids that died on the Enterprise when it crashed? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it, was a, it was a weird thing to go back like to the, just the moment. Yeah, it's yeah. like the Marty McFly thing where he's like, ten minutes should do it. Before you fucking asshole. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I have no imagination. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> I would also go back before my family died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I give it like well, a solid two weeks. Robert, remember not to smoke in bed. <laughs> I bet he felt really dumb about that like yeah. a week later when uh, it suddenly yeah. appeared to him. I gotta get okay. back to that Nexus. But, but how did you guys feel yeah, watching watching Kirk die in the in the that thing? Was, was that was uh, that a sad this for time? For me around? that was hard. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was hard to watch it just because he, he's like so emotive in that scene. What? He's like, Oh, this will be an he, adventure and then he goes, Oh wow, like scared he, of he, it. He uh oh, he rewrote yeah. that line. Yeah, oh, did people, he? people make fun of it, I've seen, which I don't understand. Honest, like honestly, like me being me oh me me being oh a my, person yeah, yeah. and not a comedian. Like I think him saying "Oh my" and then dying is like weirdly powerful. Yeah, for sure. I like it. He talked it, <laughs> yeah. about it a lot in that movie, The Captains, and he was talking about it, how he he wanted Kirk's death not to be a sad thing, but almost like he's going on the biggest adventure. Right, and, yeah. and so how would Peter he Pan, it's yeah, approach Peter that Pan thing? You know where Peter Pan and mm-hmm. Captain Hook keep taunting each other with death, and they always, both of them say that death is the greatest adventure of all. Yeah. I, I do have to kind of See wonder... Hell, Spock. <laughs> yeah. I do have to kind of wonder if he's uh, also trying to uh, take a little of George Takei's thunder, because that's kind of his oh, tagline. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, if he just died oh one, my. oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> just George Takei's voice. Well, I think he came it. up with that after. He stole it from Shatner. Yeah. Uh, well there's also maybe i should mention it now there's because we talked about this at cracked once that shatner wrote a novel that's essentially a sequel to this movie where captain kirk is resurrected by using borg technology he was that's amazing why would they want him immediately after he made the movie and after it came out he was immediately regretful that he had kirk get killed off (laughs) and it seems it, like, off his only character. Right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, honestly, like in retrospect, <laughs> it Hooker? seems weird that they specifically killed off Kirk because there was no reason to do it. It was like, well, well I, you know, I don't gener- know. Generation is, you know, 100 years in the future. We know Kirk is dead. Like, we don't, yeah. we don't need, yeah. we don't need to see sense. his death. Like, to like define but, you know, the, his death that was... in such a specific way seemed, uh, in retrospect, seems weird. Yeah. What seems what would seem weirder to me is like you know in like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek where Spock comes yeah. back, you just kind of 
like it would seem less weird if Spock had died because then at the end of the movie, Spock's just kind of hanging around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He like phones in to help in the second movie just by telling the end of the yeah. other movie. Like, yeah. Wrath of Khan. He was like, hey, this is what we did in my movie. Cool. Peace. <laughs> All, right, bro. All right. Thanks, Spock. Yeah, that movie. <laughs> I mean, is the worst. Yeah, it's a bad yeah. movie. The only thing I appreciated was the fact that Spock absolutely wails on Khan. Because, like, in the original <laughs> series, they tend to forget that Vulcans have super strength. Like, particularly earlier episodes, when they hadn't really figured out Spock's character and they hadn't really figured out Vulcans. In the very first episode, for example, Bones wrestles a gun away from Spock. And it's like, no, that would never happen. <laughs> like... Um, so it, it was the only, the, like the yeah. only thing I liked about Star Trek Into Darkness was the fact that Spock beat the ever-loving shit out of Khan because it's like, yeah, he would. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed yeah, was in this movie that we didn't get one of those double-handed two, you know, fists. That would have taken care of Malcolm oh, yeah. McDowell. Yeah. And also, if they'd revealed that Malcolm McDowell was like a lizard yeah. man, that would have yeah, been pretty been great. But. The other big scene that we have to talk about that I feel like they keep doing in the new movies is having uh, the ship crash. Oh, yeah. I think that was so amazing when I saw it the first time. It's the only movie where the saucer detaches from the rest of the ship. Yeah, it was like the very first episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no, it doesn't really make any sense. But... uh, when the first day, they do it in the pilot, and it kind of seemed like, well, this will be a thing they do all the time. Yeah, yeah. and then they just never, never did it until yeah. it blows up. <laughs> I had one of the like diecast Enterprise toys that separated, and oh, like, yeah. I would always lose one of the sections. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw it complete. I had, you know, they did a lot of toys for this movie, and someone gave me like the Enterprise toy for this movie. Not only did the saucer separate, but like panels kind of blew off, and there was all this like damage on it so you could wow. you could play the enterprise you know exploding mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, pretty cool which is kind of all those dark... children dying <laughs> <laughs> oh and i do want to mention talking about the toys how they how weird the costumes are in this movie right because if you look at the action figures it's a totally different uniform yeah where the the ranking is kind of on the, the, the chest right? yeah. yeah it kind of looks more like their dress uniforms but apparently that was supposed to be the the costume design so much so that that's what the toy designers got and then they changed it at the last minute to be a weird hybrid of just the costumes they all already mm-hmm. had and the new deep space nine costumes oh, weird. well they're kind of wearing like dickies like they're wearing like turtlenecks yeah. well they were that's that was the deep space nine one but the weirdest yeah. part is this movie was so they had so many budget cuts that they not only did they use the style of Deep Space Nine's uniforms, they literally had to use Deep Space Nine's uniforms. Oh, wow. So did you notice how Commander Riker, like, his sleeves are rolled up and it's, like, all turtleneck on his forearm? Right. That was because he was literally wearing Avery Brooks's uh, (laughs) Commander (laughs) outfit that did not fit him. I kind of noticed at the end when Picard buries Kirk in stones that he's, like, standing up and the suit doesn't fit him at all. It looks like kind of a jumpsuit that someone put on him. That is like a size too big. He might have been wearing the same one too. And I think Jordy's yeah. wearing Cole Meany's outfit. <laughs> it's like, it's so weird to me that they were like, Brian's oh, farts are in here. <laughs> they were exploding spaceships, but they couldn't. Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, like, yeah. even like, they, they, fans they at conventions a, make a weird thing with uh, this movie. Um, they ended uh, uh, Next Generation when it was like still chugging along in ratings. Like it was still a, a, a profitable show. And they ended it 
because they're like, well, we're going to do movies now. We can make more money this way. So it's yeah. yeah. And what's really weird is they did both at the same yeah. time. The the two guys, Ronald D. Moore and was it Brandon Braga? Yeah, wrote this and the finale. And we're kind of doing, I think they were starting work on the movie like right after the mm-hmm. finale. And they Too said, the finale is better in my mind. Like, well, what's weird is they is said, yeah, they said they spent uh, like a month on the finale and just kind of banged it out and spent a year on this movie oh my God. And, and realized later the finale is so much better. The finale is so much better. I think that's the way that I want it to be, though. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, like you put a lot of work into something and. Well, I mean, oh, you like, mean for the fans? Yeah, I yeah, mean, like okay. the sh- the movie's still good, but I mean, like you want the show to be like you know, it's yeah, the sh- like the I don't show want that to be disappointing at the end. Unless you shouldn't have to watch a movie. I don't want it to sacrifice. So yeah, I, yeah. but this was I would filmed have the- like while the show was still happening. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think it was because they had to like redo some of the sets while the show was still on. So you can see in the last season, like the bridge looks a little bit different, and mm-hmm. yeah, just slightly. And Worf has a chair in this movie. Wait, who gave him that chair? <laughs> Worf, who gave you that chair? <laughs> I like you standing. <laughs> go walk the plank again. We should probably go around and decide if this movie was rewatchable. Blaine, it sounds like you've come around on this movie from yeah, when you first saw it. I, I mean, I was kind of surprised. I think as a kid, I was like, oh, I thought there was going to be a lot bigger things that happened. Even though the ship crashed and everything, we were going to get more data, emotionality. All that stuff, uh, but uh, so I was kind of disappointed as a kid. But like now, I really enjoyed all the pensive moments, all the like the reflecting that Picard does. Maybe it's because I'm older. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I really, I really quite appreciated the the time they took in this movie to get certain places. And yeah, and I think the acting is. I mean. Picard, he's always an amazing actor. And uh, <laughs> You have three Shakespearean-trained actors at the height of their prime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, they're all, like, rolling around rocks and right. punching. Old man know, fight. Old man yeah. fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's very... It's not very rewatchable, but, like, pretty rewatchable, I'd say. What about you, Rob? I think it's rewatchable. I, like, appreciated, like, a lot of Captain Picard's sort of emotional story more than I did sort of originally. And it sort of, like, felt like it had, like, more depth than the series. And we never really got much of, like, Picard's personal life because he's such, like, a private captain sort of person. Mm -hmm. And so it was sort of, like, touching when he finally opens up. It was like, yeah. "Yeah." And, like, it's (laughs) it's part of the evolution of his character, too. Like, to go from, like, the rigid sort of captain to, like, somebody who sort of, like, appreciates his, like, you know, his starship family, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, in the finale. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So, I mean, I found it, I, you know, I thought it was rewatchable, and I'll probably, like, watch it again sometime down the line when I rewatch the rest of the Star Trek movies. Hopefully, they'll make a better reboot next time. Mm-hmm. When they reboot the when next generation. Next gen, oh, yeah. God. You know, the sexy next generation. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tom? I love this movie. Unironically. <laughs> and, yeah, I think it's intensely rewatchable. I notice new things every time I watch it, particularly the more I get into the old series. Like, I saw this movie being only, like, tertially aware of the original series because my dad was a fan, so he had several episodes on tape that we would watch when we were kids, and I'd seen, you know, a handful of next-gen episodes, so I was excited to see this movie. And I saw the movie, and I liked it, but now that I'm older, where I've seen the entirety of the original series many times, and more of the uh, uh, next-gen, it seems more poignant And also because I'm older, because like I said earlier, this movie is about getting older. This movie is specifically about aging out of things. This movie is about death. Mm -hmm. 
you're not going to be around forever. Right. Yeah, exactly. And what's important is living a good life. Right. Well, or, <laughs> or being satisfied with what your legacy is. So yeah, I really like this. I really like this movie. There's goofy shit in it. It's far from the worst Star Trek movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah. I, I mean, oh, yeah, insurrection is real bad. <laughs> wow. Real bad. Um, oh, I like it better than uh, the last one, the one with the dune buggy chase. Nemesis? Yes, with, Nemesis. with, oh, with yeah, Tom yeah. Hardy as the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. I think it's a good movie. I think it's first contact is obviously the best next gen movie. I think this is mm-hmm. a very close second. Like I think it. Okay, I think cool. it, it it manages to do most of the things that a Star Trek episode does, where it's not balls out action. It's like a sci fi story that has like a deeper emotional societal message that you have to sort of wrestle with in order to get to the conclusion. Yeah, Captain Picard doesn't like solve his existential anxiety by blasting the Beastie Boys nope. or anything. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sabotage. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is more true to Star Trek than many, uh, even First Contact. Like First Contact is an action movie. Yeah, and this one they do like a bunch of the Star Trek no, stuff right. that you I love. Think, where I they're think, like, we need to do a resonance burst with tachyons. I think this actually <laughs> might be my favorite next gen movie. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Just, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think. Just because, yeah, it does feel more ponderous and introspective, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I love I love the ending. I love then- Captain Picard's speech to the Commander Riker about how he doesn't feel the same way as Malcolm McDowell. He thinks that time is like a companion on a journey that uh, makes you take note of the things that are special. Yeah, yeah that was nice. Yeah, the only ruined slightly by Jonathan Frakes' ill-fitting shirt. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Riker, pull down your shirt. Yeah, so I think it's rewatchable too. But also, you know, we're kind of doing this to tie into the Star Wars movie. And I think this does what the new Star Wars tried to do better. Force Awakens. I mean, we haven't seen the newest one, obviously, but The Force Awakens in, in terms of how it tried to honor the legacy of its original cast while integrating a new Man, one. Uh, I hated that movie. I think this... I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like even... Even the people that like, like I, I liked it okay, but when when they clicked, when the the new cast clicked with the old cast, it was a very superficial uh, collaboration, I guess. Whereas this, whereas Kirk meeting uh, Picard, I found deeply moving. Yeah, well, like they needed something from each other. Yeah, and they had like paralleling yeah stories. Yeah, and stories. Yeah. So you guys want to say, tell Star Wars to go fuck itself one more yes. time just so Shatner will come at us? <laughs> Star Wars is a uh, uh, piece no. of shit. It's oh done more God. in the... We just lost so in many the, in the past. In, <laughs> I'll tell you, in the past two years, Star Wars has done more to make me stop caring about Star Wars than I could have ever anticipated. Um, so... <laughs> All right. Well, that is the end of the show. Tom, thank you so much for sure, coming Sure, yeah, on. it was fun. And where can people find the podcast? Um, it's at, uh, at Cracked Movie Pod. If you search for it on iTunes, it's uh, Cracked Movie Club. Um, but we're on Twitter and Facebook at uh, Cracked Movie Pod. And I am on Twitter at, at Start the Machine. Okay, perfect. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Rewatchability. We're on Apple Podcasts, so you can subscribe and rate us on there, facebook.com slash rewatchability. I do want to thank all of our Patreon donors again. And Blaine, you wanted to plug something quickly, right? Oh, yeah. I made a, a web series. It's taken a lot of years, so it's finally out on a YouTube channel called Kinda TV. And you can go and check it out there. 
It's called Haunters. Yeah. And it's I, about ghosts who haunt jerks. Everybody and it's a go, musical. <laughs> everybody go check out Blaine's show. <laughs> Sounds uh, awesome. And also, I do want to quickly mention that uh, our network, formerly known as the Antica Podcast Network, is now the E1 Podcast Network, Entertainment One. So that's very exciting. So uh, yeah. we're still here. still the same thing, but it's got a new flashy name. <laughs> go check out some of the other podcasts on the uh, Entertainment One Network. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.